Hello. Welcome to Discovering Jazz, where you and I together discover great music, picking up information to keep jazz old and new alive. My name is Larry Sademan, here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, sponsored by Peterborough Independent Podcasters. That intro is one of the most famous intros in jazz. West End Blues, Louis Armstrong from 1928. Gunther Schuler wrote that the clarion call of West End Blues served notice that jazz had the potential capacity to compete with the highest order of previously known musical expression. Unquote. And it's a great intro to my two-part series on beginnings and endings. Jazz recordings that have some of the most remarkable intros or extras, or in some cases both. But let's hear the rest of the recording. Louis Armstrong from 1928 with Earl Hines on piano, plus some other great musicians like Zati Singleton on hand cymbals, clarinetist Jimmy Strong, trombonist Fred Robinson, and banjoist Mansi Carr. And speaking of Louis Armstrong and beginnings and endings, here's another one from a year earlier. And this one is remarkable for its great ending that takes you by surprise. Mr. Armstrong once more with Chicago Breakdown. Thank you. 
don't expect it to end that way after all that swing that was throughout the rest of the tune. Louis Armstrong, Chicago Breakdown. And that was Joe Walker playing that interesting and rarely heard at the time baritone saxophone. For these episodes on beginnings and endings, I I sent a request to a couple of jazz sites asking people for ideas as to some of their own favorite recordings that had notable introductions or finishes. And I received a few responses from Jazz World and from Canadian Jazz Recordings. Thank you, everybody who responded. Michael Morse suggested that first one I played, plus a couple others. Here are two by two of America's greatest jazz pianists, Bill Evans and Bud Powell. One's a beginning, the other's an ending. Let's begin with the ending, or at least with the tune that I'm playing because of the ending. This is Bill Evans, his version of Tenderly, with Sam Jones on bass and Philly Joe Jones drums from 1958. Bill Evans Trio, and here's another one that Michael Morse suggested, this one for its intro, but of course the whole recording is great. Now here, unlike that first Louis Armstrong tune, the intro is very much a part of the song, and it repeats itself a few times. It's Bud Powell and his famous composition, which has become more or less a jazz standard, Un Poco Loco. (laughs) 
From 1951, Un Poco Loco, Bud Powell with Curly Russell on bass and Max Roach drums. As many of you know, I always try to ensure I have at least two Canadian records for each podcast. 
So one of my call-outs was to Canadian Jazz Recordings' Facebook page, and I asked if anybody could suggest some recordings out of Canada that either had a great ending or a great beginning. I received responses from four individuals, and all the suggestions were terrific. The website host, jazz trumpeter Patrick Boyle, who lives in Victoria, B.C., my former hometown, suggested that I listen to Toronto guitarist David Ocapinti and a tune called The Great One from his self-titled album of 1997. It has a short but interesting ending, and the whole tune is pretty catchy. Let's play it.
the great one. Guitarist David Acapinti with David Restivo on piano, Jim Vivian bass, and Kevin Dempsey drums. Short but sweet endings and similar beginnings are sometimes the best. How about another Canadian recording suggested by Rick Hollett of Record Time Productions? It starts with a short piano riff by Jimmy Dale, Rob McConnell's big band jazz album from 1978. This is Just Friends.
trombonist Rob McConnell and his boss Brass, just friends. Now for a well-known jazz standard that has an intro that has a very interesting history. It's Thelonious Monk's Round Midnight, also entitled Round About Midnight. Monk's manager stated that Monk originally wrote it in 1936 when he was only 19, and he copyrighted it in 1943 under the title of I Need You So, with lyrics by a friend of Monk's, Thelma Murray. Interestingly, Cootie Williams, who recorded it in 1944, composed an interlude for his recording. And even though that interlude is rarely played, most of the recordings give him a writing credit because of it. On the other hand, an intro that Dizzy Gillespie composed that is used quite frequently did not land him with a similar credit and the royalties go with it. Here's a 1946 recording by Dizzy Gillespie of Round of Mountain Midnight using that intro. Then I'll talk about where that intro came from and give an illustration. And I'm also going to play a later recording of that tune that uses that intro. But first, Dizzy Gillespie Sextet. Dizzy Gillespie Sextet with Round About Midnight from 1946 with Dizzy on trumpet, Lucky Jackson tenor sax, Milt Jackson vibraharp, Al Haig on piano, Ray Brown on bass, and Stan Levy drums on Esquire Records. Now, I was telling you about that interesting intro that Dizzy Gillespie used for that tune, and I told you that I was going to uh, tell you where it came from and illustrate it. Well, that intro was inspired by none other than Dizzy Gillespie himself. He had originally composed that intro as an extra to another tune, I Can't Get Started. Here is his version of that tune from 1945.
Can't get started, Dizzy Gillespie Sextat. Interesting intro and extra. That extra, that's the one that Dizzy Gillespie adopted as an intro to his version of Roundabout Midnight or Round Midnight. And as I said before, it's often used as part of the version of the song. Let me illustrate. Here's a later rendition that uses that intro from 2004. Originally from Edmonton, my current hometown in the city where I was born and raised, this is pianist John Stetch, Round Midnight, from an album called Exponentially Monk.
John Stetch. Since we're talking about Thelonious Monk, here's a tune that was suggested to me by Joe Carter on the Jazz World site when I asked for ideas of jazz recordings that have interesting endings or beginnings. It's quite the intro, I must say. From 1954, Little Rudy Tooty. Thelonious Monk, Little Rudy Tootie with Gary Mapp on bass and Art Blakey on drums. That's from a Rudy Van Gelder remaster of the tune, which is why it sounds so good for a 1954 recording. Here's another one that Joe Carter suggested as being a great intro. The Clifford Brown, Max Roach Quintet and Bud Powell's Parisian Thoroughfare. See if you recognize the intro. Thank you. 
Parisian thoroughfare, with Clifford Brown on trumpet, Max Roach drums, George Morrow bass, Harold Land tenor sax, and Richie Powell piano. And yes, that was a touch of George Gershwin's An American in Paris thrown in for the intro. An interesting side note, while Max Roach did play on the original Bud Powell version of that tune in 1951, Powell didn't use that intro, but he did throw in a quote of London Bridges falling down toward the end. Time for one more tune. Becky Nisola suggested this on the Jazz World site. Two great saxophonists, Phil Woods and Richie Cole, on a Richie Cole album called Side by Side from 1980. The version of Charlie Parker's Scrapple from the Apple with pianist John Hicks, bassist Walter Brooks, and drumming of uh, Jimmy Cobb. You'll notice the intro and the extra are the same, and they are incorporated into the body of the performance. This is Larry Sadman saying bye for now. Tune in next week for part two of Great Beginnings and Endings. (laughs) 